Hello, and welcome to Covert Castaway. I'm Holly. Je suis Stéphane. Join us as we share what we learn and how we're making the transition to liveaboard cruising. So once again, we have a lot to catch everybody up on. We've been busy living the dream and have traveled from the Ionian to the Aegean Sea. And we wanted to sort of talk about where we've been, what we've seen. And if you want to join along with some of the destinations we've been at, you can do that by going on to sailingowen.com. And on our homepage, we have embedded a app called Polar Steps. And what Polar Steps is, is that a lot, it's sort of like a travel diary log where we can post pictures and, and it has a map of where we are. So you can follow along with actual pictures if you want um, by visiting our homepage. If not, you can listen along and we'll try to describe best we can where we've been. Yeah, you can also try Google Maps. And if you have Navili, we might mention some beaches we went to that there will be mentioned or some anchorages. So given between those three, yeah, sometimes a- it's not easy because you look at Google Maps, it's all it's hard to find Greek. Things. Yeah. <laughs> and then until you really zoom in. Uh, so anyway, yeah, Polar Steps is probably the easiest. It's the easiest to look at. Um, so before we dive in, you brought up a good point um, about Navali and Google and what we use to figure out the destinations we want to go to. So let's talk a little bit about that before we dive into the places we've been. Mm-hmm. Well, typically, I would say we're mostly driven by the wind. Yeah. And uh, finding not so much uh, the wind to sail because the destinations from one point to the other have been in general fairly short. So, um, except when we did, I will say it was not a passage, it was just uh, three full days of sailing when we rounded the Peloponnese. Um, so, this was definitely driven by weather and right. wanted to find a good weather window to move along. But usually it's like looking at the weather to find an anchorage, a good anchorage. Um, So that's kind of mostly what drives us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, one thing is, you know, you want to see certain places or you look up certain beaches and you're like, wow, you know, let's go there. And that day or within that week, the wind just isn't blowing in that direction. And it's going to be so uncomfortable to get there. And then when you anchor there, you're not going to sleep at night. So it's sort of pointless to put yourself through that. And there's so many amazing destinations and beaches. It's sort of like, you know, it's it's easier just not to get your hopes pinned on one or two things and just kind of go with the flow, which is something, you know, I think that is really valuable to think about. Yeah. And in the Ionian, I think in general, once we find a good spot, um, we typically like adventure on foot or we rent um, uh, mopeds or bring our bikes. We haven't done that because we've been traveling with a buddy boat. But uh, so and then we discover the island, leaving the boat in one place and, and right. we go for kind of a day trips. And as opposed to really move along, as long as we have a good anchorage, and uh, especially if you do like uh, med mooring, so mm-hmm. where we tie lines back to the shore, it's not so much more complicated, but it takes a little bit more time. So it's kind of like, okay, we're set for a couple of days and we'll 
will enjoy the fruit of that anchoring <laughs> by enjoying yeah. the island and staying in one location as opposed to really moving. So I think the the difference is when we were chartering boats, you have one week, you have like seven days, like maybe six nights. Get up nights. and go, get up and go, yeah. Yeah, you want to hit those different spots. Here, it's a little bit like, okay, we move to this island, we have a good anchorage, we're happy about it, then we can travel on foot right on other ways and and kind of discover the spots and 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 just kind of relax about it right so we get ideas for destinations from people we talk to um other boaters that have been in greece that say oh don't miss this place and mm-hmm. we keep in touch with people over web whatsapp or whatever um as you guys know we've been traveling uh, previously with a buddy boat who we've parted ways now because they're going back up north and we're going the other direction so um, that happened, but we would sort of get together with them and they had done research too. And we'd compare notes and figure out where we wanted to go. And then we check, uh, the wind and the weather a lot. We use, I check predict wind and you check windy and we kind of cross reference what we see. Um, we and check Navili quite a bit too. It, yeah. And, and the thing with Navili is like it's previous, it's crowdsourcing. So previous um, cruisers would stop there, like mention what particular anchorage. And, and it's great. It's very useful information. But it's also good to really zoom in and look for other places and use like Navili as satellite pictures and or also Google Maps. Sometimes one is better than the other to really have a trying to get a feel for what the anchorage is going to be like. But the temptation is to zoom for those already like green spots that people have. Uh, yeah, so let me let me just explain for people who aren't familiar with the Navali. So the weather apps we use are uh, Predict Wind and Windy, which are good in sort of a macro sense. They don't necessarily give microclimate or local climate information. And if, you know, the wind, the catabatic winds come up over the mountains, um, you're kind of on your own to figure that out. Navali is an app. And what we use for that um, is Google Maps. And Google Maps has like three... Like terrain or something. Yeah. So one is just kind of the chart or the map, you know, in this case. Uh, you have a satellite view and you have another I think option. it's called terrain. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's basically the topography. Mm-hmm. And so based on the topography, like you can see the altitude and how the wind might funnel. So that gives also another piece of information of if you feel like, you know, that yeah. might be a good Yeah, because it can place. get swirly. So Navali is a crowdsourced app where, uh, as Stefan was saying, where people go and they they drop a pin and they say, I've been here at this anchorage. I It looks like it's sand, maybe a few rocks, you know, on the western side. Um, I put this much chain out. There were a few day boats or not. Like they get make comments, you know, how north to southwest or something, for example, protection or different things to see. So um, it's super useful uh, and it's getting more and more populated. We noticed from last year to this year, it seems like there's a lot more people putting in information. And so this is a primary application of ours that we use to look at places. And, and most cruisers, I would say, it's like... Uh, it's and, the place to be, yeah. And it's and people record it 
in different languages, whatever their their language. Yeah, that's, and it auto translates. So sometimes cool. the translation is a is, little wonky. But yeah, you yeah. have to figure out. It's like okay, it's related to anchoring. It's related to you know. Cruising, so you have to sometimes guess what it is, or if you speak whatever language, you look at the first name and you're like, okay, show me the source. And in this case, there's a lot of French feedback uh, because it's a, it happens to be an yeah, app that can, was developed in in France. But you can uh, revert it back to the original. Yeah, language. yeah. So I read the French comments. Um, so if you speak yeah. other language, and you know, you might have comments in but German. The translation Spanish, is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and then one one comment about Navili, um, they also give you a percentage, um, like kind of like green, orange, red, and like how good is the anchorage over the next maybe like two days. So you can look like, and it sometimes it goes down to like fifty percent, and it's like oh what happened fifty percent, and then you look. So I don't know how they do their calculations, but it's basically taking into consideration the wind forecast and the swell forecast. And sometimes you see like it's it's a low percentage, but it seems like the swell um, impacts quite a bit the percentage. So it's true for a monohull, but when you're on a cat, you want to really look at why is the percentage low. And if it's like you know, 0.4 meters of swell, then you know you don't right. really care about it. Because some monohulls will, will they'll rate it low in stars, for instance, because it's like oh it's super rolly, but you know on a cat it doesn't affect us the same way so um that's how we kind of figure out where we want to go and we we you know look at the navali spots in the places that protect us from the wind for that day and um i know that before we went uh cruising and living on a boat you know everybody said your life is dictated by the direction of the wind and that is definitely the case and it changes day by day, sometimes hour by hour. And the wind isn't always doing what it's supposed to be doing either. It seems like in these little areas, it's kind of swooping off the mountain or it's curling around the side or something. Yeah, you definitely have local things happening. So this you have to guess. Um, the windy, I think, has a new feature uh, where people can add, uh, I'm not sure how that works, but can add some local knowledge uh, so if the wind comes from the north, you know, in this case, you'll get swell mm-hmm. from whatever this this angle or something. So it seems like there is this feature. I haven't seen much about it, but I, I remember reading there was this kind of, a, I guess, crowdsourcing also kind of for information for local effects. And um, so that, that might be uh, useful mm-hmm. in the future as more and more people provide kind of local information. And uh, yeah. yeah. And then the other other things we look at, which are obvious, are um, Navionics mm-hmm. and our Garmin uh, charts, our chart plotter. Mm-hmm. So we have an iPad up on the helm. I've been helming mostly mm-hmm. Good. this season, which I'm getting more comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And um, so I look at both those charts. I look at the, the Navionics on the iPad, and I lo- also look at my chart plotter for obstructions, um, cables, um, protruding rocks, um, anything else, wrecks, anything else unforeseen, Mm -hmm. depths and things. So we kind of do that. So that's how we sort of figure out where we want to go and um, what we want to do. That really dictates it. And as a side note, I mean, for people who maybe don't know Navionics, but uh, there's a super cool feature once you have a membership. Um, and membership is pretty it's pretty cheap, cheap. I yeah. forget how much per year uh, but 
you want to go from one point to the other, you say route automatic, you point where you are, you point where you want to go, and it gives you a route. Yeah. Of course, you need to check it, zoom in, and because you know, yeah. and, and you can kind of edit this route. But it's super useful to give you like, okay, the distance, what's the route? Right. Quickly, you can you can get the general sense of which yeah. way it's, uh, it's recommended to go. And when you're on the helm, you primarily use Navionics. Um, I do the same thing on the chart plotter, so it automatically does a route as well. And the other thing about our chart plotter is um, it's integrated, obviously, in with our um, autopilot. And it will actually auto-drive or auto motor, I guess, wherever it is you want to go if you set it. So that's a feature I like. I think you're not fully comfortable with me using it yet. Well, that's so that's yeah. only works when we are motoring. Yeah, but exactly. I don't really like this feature when we are basically motoring anyway. around islands by the coast. Yeah. I like to make the adjustments yeah. as I see. <laughs> yeah, of course. So I have a redundant um, navigation at the helm. So if one thing goes out, you, know, you have the other thing to look at. So I, I, I like mm. that. Anyway, so that's how we figure out where we want to go. I think last time we spoke, get your maps out, um, we were in Magnesi and what we were doing is we were getting ready to go to um, Cephalonia because we were going to meet your sister and pick your sister your sister up. So we um, went on over to uh, Cephalonia. We had some great anchorages there that were pretty private and nice. Um, we took a couple hikes and went and saw a number of uh, ruins and um, various, you know, places. I think one highlight I want to mention is Asos in Cephalonia. Uh, it what a beautiful little town, and um, the views were incredible. We got we were still with our buddy boat at the time, and we got um, a really great. Uh, um, set up there we were side by side and um, it's a cool little town you can hike up the hill to a fortress which is where we saw a sunset which was also amazing and some old ruins so yeah very well protected mm -hmm. um, yeah that was that was really uh, really nice anchorage definitely recommend it and and there was initially we wanted to do Ithaca um, because yeah. you were you were so close. But this is one um, example where the wind dictated which way we we're going to round um, Cephalonia. Um, and in this case, because it was quite light, uh, usually the winds are coming like northwest, north northwest. And in this case, the next few days were pretty calm. So we ended up dis deciding, well, we're going to take this opportunity to uh, to discover the the west side of the island. Mm -hmm. And and once we started going down, you know, this route and uh, ASOS, then it was like, okay, we can turn back to go to Ithaca, or we can keep going. Yeah, you know, so we, we committed ourselves to yeah. the west west side there. And we saw some amazing beaches on that side. Uh, some to highlight um, were Myrtos Beach, which were these, you know, 
just like what you see in the magazines for Greece, the big white cliffs with the white beaches, um, with the with the white pebbles, you know, the, at the beach. Yeah, there were quite few people. There was definitely when we were there, I think on a Saturday or Sunday, and um, there were definitely it was definitely a tourist destination. Um, you could see a lot of cars parked in the background, and there were some like uh, how do you call this like. Um, uh, paragliding yeah people were they were dropping people like you know uh, by um, uh, uh, a parachute uh, from the cliffs on top I guess um, so there was definitely a little feel of like touristy especially on the weekend but the pebbles on the beach were just incredible it's it just like I wanted to steal one <laughs> because I had never seen like they were perfectly egg-shaped and Perfect. Yeah. Uh, well, there were different layers. Yeah. But because it's fairly open to the northwest, from the wind and the waves, those pebbles are being kind of rubbed all the smoothed time. Smoothed out. And yeah. they've got really smooth. And and so as you move forward, you had different layers, different size, different shapes. But it was almost like jewelry type things. Mm-hmm. And um, I wish I had taken one because it was really. Uh, I think I did. Oh, you think you did? Yeah. Oh, I think I okay. Did. So um, the only thing we what happened there uh, that made us leave is uh, during the night, and I have a feeling that because the Meltemi was blowing far away in the agency, but it was coming through, um, and I don't even know how you call this, but it, definitely we were starting to feel some winds coming from the uh, east, um, kind of through the Corinth Canal and, mm-hmm. and all that body of water because the wind was really coming from the east but then the waves and, and it was funneling and we were getting catabatic winds um pretty strong and but at the same time the waves were coming from behind us uh, from kind of like the the mm-hmm. west the northwest so the good thing is they were a line you know in the opposite ways like 180 degrees yeah. so it was okay, but it was it was not it was comfortable yeah. to stay there. So in the morning, yeah. uh, we waited until the morning. But after that, we decided to leave, and the part of the night was not you know yeah. not super fun. So we um, did a quick overnight at another beach called Fatiri Beach, uh, which was also really cool and had like the coolest grotto. Um, that I that I I mean because it had like a beach inside you go inside the cave and there's like a beach and then you can walk through to the other side that was really cool mm-hmm. um, so a lot of cool things like that to to see and we didn't bring our camera to shore so I don't even have a picture of it but I'm sure it's somewhere on Google um, and then Z Beach which was a red it's kind of got red sand and from the flat I mean and we walked it for an hour so I mean it was basically really we're in a yeah south and southwest end of the island now. Right. And, um, you know, so from the boat, we're like, eh, maybe this won't be that interesting. But it was a huge beach, uh, shallow, calm water. uh, And and so we we swam ashore. And it was super soft sand. We had a good time there. So we kind of walked up and down that. That was really awesome. And then you have the clay. Oh, yeah, yeah. right. People were... you could see people... Rubbing like clay, rubbing on, their clay on their body, and then they will then go into the sea and wash off. And so yeah. I imagine they think that there is some properties to it. And yeah. <laughs> so that brings us to Kefalonia, 
um, Agasoli, sorry, uh, which was the town where we met your sister. Yes. So basically, my sister flew from Paris to Athens, spent a night over there, and the next morning she took a bus, and and it was super organized. Uh, basically, I mean, she she said that was really really well done. So you you basically buy a trip from Athens to uh, Agostoli on Kefalonia Island. And so it was bus. The bus goes on the ferry. And on the other side, um, it lands, uh, the ferry lands on the east side. And Agostoli is kind of in the middle. And then the bus continues and dropped her in Agostoli where we were anchored. Uh, she said the bus was super comfortable. Uh, of course, he had AC. Uh, everything was super quick uh, because you get the bus on the boat, the boat uh, docks, you yeah. get the bus off. So they arrived even early. Um, so, yeah, and it was, I don't remember how much it was, but it was really a good price compared to flying to um, to Agostoli. And there was an airport there. Yeah. Uh, so obviously it took part of the day, big part of the day, but um, that was a very good way to, to get there. Uh, cheap, super comfortable, and yeah. on time. Yeah, and so she came with your nephew, so mm-hmm. that was really nice. And we were, you know, we were kind of like, eh, Argostoli, it's, it's, it's a place you pick people up. We didn't have any expectations, really, but it ended up being really cute. Yeah, well, first thing is the water. It's kind of inside the uh, the island. If you look at a, at a map to see how, it, uh, how it's situated. So the water is brown <laughs> so you don't you know you're used to clear blue waters and suddenly you anchor in in brownish water so it's definitely not as appealing um what's cool about it is you have turtles mm-hmm. um and so it didn't look like much there was also um uh, uh, not a ferry but a cruise ship mm-hmm. that was docked over there so we thought oh yeah uh, thousands of people or something and it and was cute. Yeah, we didn't see that many people. Uh, and the town from the outside looked very basic, industrial. And when you go into the streets, suddenly the bakeries were like super beautiful yeah. and big. And I mean, really like could have been like in, in a big city, like yeah. bakeries. They were like that well equipped. And they, they look great. Yeah. They sold a lot of stuff. And I don't know, it's because our expectations were just really low no, on think- it or... Or if it was just really cool, but it ended up really surprising us. We we're like, wow, this is a cute little yeah. spot. And when you go yeah. into the back streets, uh, there were some uh, streets just for people walking. Mm-hmm. And there was a big, um, like, a, I don't know, how do you call this? Uh, um, it wasn't French place, but yeah. Um, anyway, there was a like, big area where people met. And, yeah, yeah. And lots of restaurants. I mean, everything looked the outside from the waterfront didn't look that much but once you get in discovered yeah. uh, the streets and and looked at them more carefully like uh, that was really really cute mm-hmm. so the next couple days were windy there's nothing really to report we we hung out on the boat um there's a lot of wind going on yeah we time. found an anchorage up north um and and it was a little disappointing i yeah. mean it's if you have to um to find a place, you come at night, you need to find a place to anchor. I mean, you can you can go up that finger and pretty much drop, drop your anchor yeah. anywhere. And 
you'll yeah. be set. There's so, nothing really to report though on. But on yeah, that it was pretty yeah, basic, yeah. and then we happened to be there. And there was some construction in the background. Yeah, it was like uh, some somebody using a jackhammer or something yeah. like that. Anyway, um, so the next high point was really Scala Beach on Kefalonia. It was a really cute little town. Um, remember, that was the place where we found the Italian ice cream guy. Yeah, and, and, it, and we skipped one because uh, the anchorage was looked decent but it was a very windy day and it's one of those where we didn't check carefully the terrain and uh, topography and so we had like up to like 27 knots of wind like gust and so it was an anchor an anchorage where we basically stayed on the boat and so not much to report on that then we went to Scala to find better protection and that was really nice mm -hmm. So we found a, um, Scala was really cute, and we walked around, and we found a cool ice cream spot um, that you have to try. I don't remember the name of the place. Mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, you'll see it. It says, like, gluten-free, sugar-free, I don't know what. Like, and we were like, really? No how, dairy. No dairy. I'm, we're like, how could this possibly be any good? It was great ice cream, and the guy was from Italy. Yeah. And uh, he had a huge personality. Um, for sure. And then we met up with SV Sweetie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Too, so, so we had met last year back in Sicily before we crossed the Messina Strait. And so they were coming from Tunisia and through Malta and I think Italy. And then they went to, um, uh, to Greece. And so that's where... Uh, they gave us a call and say, "Hey, look behind you yourself, behind the boat." And and then we were on land at the time, and I'm like, "Oh, I see a Fontaine Peugeot. Looks like a yeah. sweetie." And so that was fun. We um, we had a good time, and I think we're going to find them again uh, later in the season because they yeah. uh, they will be uh, heading to Turkey as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Scala was really cool. It had a lot of cute little restaurants. We ate at one. It was fabulous. Um, Took a long walk. Um, your sister and I and Tudwell took a walk to look at some ruins, which were just kind of like a bunch of rocks. <laughs> so yeah. It wasn't much, but we saw some goats. Um, and then we headed to Nicholas uh, on Kefalonia. Um, it, it it was it was mixed. Um, it was it was pretty touristy. Um, because that's where people went to go to the shipwreck beach. And we were able to um, get a mooring ball. Our buddy boat had to go against the quay. Mm -hmm. so And the wind wasn't in a good direction for them. So I think they were pretty uncomfortable. Um, yeah. It's, um, it's, you never know, like the, the, in this case, Navidi was saying, oh, you come there, somebody will come to you, yeah, no. indicate a mooring ball. And I think they do it at the end of the day, like five, six, seven, <laughs> when people kind of come in, we like to get in earlier. And there was nobody, there was really one mooring ball that was decent, so they couldn't get one. Um, I mean, and the, the town had like no charm. No, at it was all. all, it was just touristy because that, like I said, that's the place where you hire a day boat to take you over to Shipwreck Beach. Yeah, there was just on the southern, south end of that little bay, there was kind of a little corner, and then you had a little beach, 
and with a restaurant, and that was that was fine. That was yeah. a little micro spot. Yeah. So we ate we ate at, like twice at the restaurant the same day or something like that because we we're sitting over there on this little teeny tiny beach. So that was that was fine. Yeah, the water was beautiful. Yeah. There was a little swing under a tree, and yeah. and the restaurant had beautiful yeah. colors. But uh, yeah, we were happy to to leave. I mean, we did rent the little motorboat. Yeah. So you wanted to rent a little motorboat, so we rented the boat. Well, I think in general we knew the. Um, uh, so what we're going to talk next is about the. Uh, uh, it's, it's you find it on the other side. It's uh, Shipwreck Beach. It's a famous. It's, it's like it's called uh, Paralia. Nav Navigio, <laughs> and my Greek is awesome. So, but everybody calls it Shipwreck Beach. It's like super it's famous. It's one of the top yeah, ten top beaches, ten beaches in, the world, in the world, which, apparently. Yeah. Which, I guess, the shipwreck. I mean, I'm sure if you have not too many tourists, it's blue. There's like the cliffs. There is no. Like, it's beautiful. The cliffs are be, amazing. I don't know if it's a top ten beach. Um, I'm sure there's many top ten. Yeah. <laughs> the shipwreck makes it dramatic. Uh, but we wanted to avoid going there with our boats because we knew it would be kind of Just, like drama. Yeah, crazy. And we thought it would be fun to rent one of these little motorboats. We were six people, and I forgot how much it was for the day. It was like 130 euros. Yeah. Yeah. And there's we, a video of it on Polar Steps on our on if you go on our um, blog page and look at Polar Steps under Shipwreck Beach. There's a video that shows the cliffs. And you can get an idea just how dramatic and amazing it is. Mm -hmm. But man, it was packed. I mean, and yeah. the video I took was before, you know, the, then two other tourist boats. I mean, they're like ferry sized boats bring in just hundreds of people on this beach and people are just packed in like yeah. sardines. And they're honking yeah. before they're going to uh, anchor. And it's within those cliffs. So it resonates and, and it's just kind of a... Yeah, it's a shit show, yeah. basically. So we were happy to just have this little motorboat, uh, like a day boat. You just drop anchor and yeah. swim to the beach and you don't worry much. Um, and then we waited for a while, but I don't know, some people were laying on the beach like if it was like a... No a, one was laying down. Everybody's like standing up. Well, but it was some really people weird. were like just totally like sunbathing. And, and I was like, yeah. wow, this is like it was crazy time it was cool to see and definitely amazing to to look at um just it's for very very touristy yeah one hour the most but yeah. i think one of the high points for me on that is on the way back we were able to go through the caves mm -hmm. and so you drove the boat into the caves and like that was super cool um yeah. i mean the the coastline of some of these islands are just unbelievable um, just with the caves and the dramatic cliffs and, you know, all just the sun and the color of the ocean. And it's just, it's just amazing and beautiful. Yeah. And yeah. it's cool with those little motorboats because you can get in the caves or getting inside the tunnel. So it's, it, it's a little dramatic and it's fun. Yeah. Um, and then your sister left us, um, at the next place, I think. Oh no, this was, the, um, so the next Z place... Zigia Beach? That's right. And it was the calmest, clearest water we had seen. Yeah. I think. And I think... I don't know if it has a relation to it, but there was like sulfur, and which we find quite a bit around those islands. And and it's definitely active. Yeah. And we, we, we roll up and I was like, what's that smell? And then we swam to the beach 
And we were like, oh, P-U, like what's in the water? You know, all this stuff. And then we start realizing that it's right around the corner from this famous um, sulfur natural baths or, or whatever, like this beach that's famous and known for having healing properties and, and all this. Um, so and that was the smell. I mean, the smell where we were was not too bad, I would say. Yeah. You were aware of it. What was interesting, and I don't know if that's a chemical reaction of the sulfur in the water that makes it one super clear. Number two, the there was kind of the layer. The water was warm, but the layer on top was like cold. Cold. Yeah. And that was the first time. It's kind weird. Of, it's like yeah. it's like warm underneath and cold on top, which normally is the other way around. So there must be yeah. something happening with the sulfur and the seawater. If you're yeah. a chemist or something, you can maybe send a comment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but. And, look, and we were aiming for an anchorage that was marked in Navili, but as we got this anchorage, um, we saw like a pirate ship coming with like hundreds of tourists, and we were like, oh, we're that's like, not good. Diversion, so we diversion, going, yeah. Yeah, we went just south of that, yeah. and that was like so nice, and there were no other boats. And I mean, I'm not even kidding when I tell you that that water was like the clearest water I'd ever seen. That, that was like swimming pool water. Yeah. I mean, it was incredibly clear. Um, we paddleboarded to shore and we took a hike up the hill, got some juice, um, at this little <laughs> local place. Yeah. Yeah. It was juice. There was only orange juice. It's like we show up and she goes, I'll be right with you. And she, she comes out with like six juices yeah. and we're like, oh, I guess we ordered <laughs> it was like orange juice. <laughs> anyway, it was awesome. Um, and then we hiked and we saw the caves and, um, with the sulfur and stuff. And then we headed to Zakynthos. Mm-hmm. And that's where you, your sister left from, but no, not quite, because we. Uh, uh, well, she left from Zakynthos Island, but. But no, no, no. Well, she she left from there, but we ended. We did one more. Yeah, anchorage. yeah, yeah. We went to Zanti first. Zanti, no, yeah, yeah. And Zanti was is a cute little town. Um, it started to feel really. Um, that was the first time you noticed, like you show up at these places and there's little tavernas. Um, and you go in or you don't go in or you look at the menu or you don't. And this was the first town where y- you feel like you're getting, what's the right word? Um, you know, in a, in a, in a local fair, there's the carnies and they kind of tell you, come on, come, you know, play the game or whatever. It was kind of like that, except for the restaurant, all the restaurant guys were doing that. Mm-hmm. And one guy was like following your sister around. Like every time we would pass by the restaurant, he'd be like, you, you, you come into the restaurant. I'll give you free dessert, you know, and all this stuff. So she passed and by like four times. And remember her the next day and he's like, hey, you promised. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a little of that uh, in Zanti. So um, that's like the little the little town there. Uh, walked around. And then we walked up the hill. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was really cool. And I mean, we ate at this restaurant called Yard of Taste, which by far was the best restaurant in the whole Ionian. Uh, yes, we uh, we had some desserts or drinks yeah. like up on the cliffs and what well, cliffs, the hill. And there was a beautiful view. It was nice and cool. And uh, so we did that first. And that was definitely worth the little hike. Up. Yeah. And then when we came down, we got lucky because they were like, oh, did you get a reservation? 
and he was at this like place. seven. Yeah. And nobody goes to restaurants at seven. seven in Greece. Yeah, for sure. And, and there, there was there was enough space for the six of us, so that was good. And mm-hmm. that was yeah. This is oh my god, amazing. Best. Yeah, I mean, if you're ever in Zanti, Zakynthos, eat at Yard of Taste. It was absolutely phenomenal mm-hmm. food, and um, I had scallops. Uh, but you had vegan, and that's what we kind of look for when we're there. And everything looked amazing, yeah, for sure. The the everything was yeah. was great. Yeah. Um, just a side note on this point in time, it started to get really, really hot. Um, you know, up to this point, we were pretty comfortable. There maybe a couple hot days or whatever, but this is when things, you know, have gotten heat wave-ish here in Greece. Um, so even even kind of walking around and doing hikes started to get a little bit more, take a little bit more effort. Granted that by the time we emerge and we get ourselves uh, on land, it's like one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, which is like the time when everything starts shutting which is down. It's like siesta time. Yeah. There's nobody in the streets. And then you walk and you're like, oh, where is everybody? Like much. It's hot. <laughs> And then you come back at night and it's like everybody's out it's popping, and, and, like, and yeah. you're like, get a, it's kind of like, oh, it's like a whole different town. So I don't know. We hadn't figured out. Uh, like well, because we out. would wake up, we would do a few things and we'd eat breakfast, you know, hang out, talk, yeah. figure out what we were going to do, maybe go for a swim. And then, you know, we'd, we'd decide, OK, we're going to go in and then we'd go in, we'd get a coffee. Sometimes a coffee would turn into lunch. And then after that, it's siesta time and they're closing up shop or, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's just the way things have worked out. So we're walking around these empty streets in the middle of the day when yeah. it's like so hot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we went to Lagana Zakynthos, which is at the very south side. Yeah, south side. There's huge bay. Yeah. And it's known to have this little uh, cameo beach island it's not really it's an island because you just have to walk this little footpath to get across to see it and it's known for having these like curtains over the island yeah Um, that's that's pretty cool cool site we didn't go on it um you have to pay five euros and it's just a bar um yeah i mean i guess you do a couple umbrellas so you can lay on the beach but we didn't feel like just going there just to go there but the view with the curtains, it's like cool. you yeah, have to check it out. Sure. It's really cool. The other thing is, uh, there's this uh, um, this bay has a lot of turtles. So there's some areas that you cannot even go by boat. Uh, some areas that you can definitely not anchor in this area, or when you go by boat, it's limited to six knots, which a lot of nobody like, follows. Rental yeah. boats go much faster. But there's a lot of uh, turtles. So we went to one of the island and we saw, again, a lot of nests. What was the name of that island there? Because it was an epic dinghy ride. Yeah, um, it was Marathon... Marathon Easy, that's right. Yeah. So it's known to be a turtle nesting ground. Yeah. And so that's what it's known for. And all the tourists go there for that reason. Um, but it was a weird, we weird didn't vibe. We didn't see turtles. Because you have... Yeah. On one side, you have this natural place. Beautiful, protected. Yeah. Had, yeah. And then you have you have a line. and with A no, line in the sand, meaning like they plant a so rope. So you cannot go there so you can't where the go nests in, yeah. are, which leaves pretty much maybe three to five meters of beach. And and you have everybody's renting a little motorboat. They zoom over there. And, and you have all these boats just by the 
I mean, really by the beach, they have two bigger boats with like selling ice cream and junk like this. So it looks like on one way it's a natural reserve. And then you have all these people coming in and out with this ice cream boat. And you're like, you're walking around and you're like, I don't quite make sense of all these. There yeah, was a it was very really weird. weird. And they have these boats that are kind of like 7-Eleven boats where you can buy like sodas yeah. and stuff and and staying all day. chips and stuff like it was just it was a little strange yeah so we went there and then um yeah and then your sister left from there and then we so we took we took a bus because then we needed to go back to uh, zente town and so we decided to do the local thing and took a bus back there and then uh, that's where she um took her own bus and on my side, I had to go to the port authority to update the crew list. So did all that, then came back uh, to the boat. And that was the last, um, that's where we left uh, from, um, we uh, separated with our buddy boat, where we went, decided to go south because there was a good weather window. That's right. So we wanted to kind of catch you up on um, the Ionian. And the in our next episode, we're going to talk about making the route through the Pelopides and what we've been able to discover so, so far in the Cyclopides. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, like, or share with another covert castaway. Fair winds for now. Fair winds for now.